thank you for allowing me to be here today. I did not come alone. I came with my wife, Suzanne. She's right here. So <clears throat> thank you. I heard that you do not speak some of my languages. So today, I'm obliged to speak your language, to preach in your language, which is my fifth language. So as my fifth language, I will ask you to pay attention, follow me, so you can understand what I'm going to say. Let's pray. God, who am I, Lord, to stand before your people? Cleanse my mouth, my mind. Speak through me, Lord, to your people. Thank you for this church you bought with the blood of Jesus. Come and be with us now. By the end of this service, let us know that you have spoken to us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Brokenness, restoration, and hope. Those are the three points we will develop through our message of today. And the text which has been read to you describes very well our themes of today. The text of John chapter 14 from verse 1 through 7 or 14 reveals Jesus as the comforter par excellence, as a counselor, as a teacher, as a man of compassion, as a caretaker, as a God of promise, the one who treasures his people and values them. Finally, the text reveals Jesus as the God who addresses people's brokenness. He is the one who addresses people's problems. He doesn't only address, he restores. And when he restores, he points his people to better life, hope. The text also indicates that the disciple of Jesus were troubled. In the last weeks before the crucifixion, Jesus was talking about his death. He was talking about his resurrection and glorification. The disciples saw in Jesus the quality of the king they had been looking for. They saw in Jesus the quality of a king who had the power to deliver them from the oppression of a Roman. As Jesus continued to talk about what will happen to him, the disciples were troubled. 
they were confused. They were troubled because they started to face the unknown, the uncertainty about the future. Sorrow, stress, fear, and depression started to crash them down. In short, the disciple experienced a time of brokenness. As we all know, there are many forms of brokenness. We can talk about broken politics. I don't want to comment our context now. You know what is going on. We can talk about broken economy system. We can talk about broken communities and broken societies. We can talk about broken moral character. We can talk about a broken family life. We can talk about a broken marriage. We can talk about a church and a government leadership system which is broken. We can also talk about a broken health and a broken in spirit or spiritual life. I don't know which one is your brokenness today. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know what you are experiencing. As a broken life today. But listen. Our brokenness is caused by our pride. It's sometimes caused because of our rebellion against God. And it's what happened to Adam and Eve. It's also caused by our adulterous life. It was the case of the King David, powerful king. It is also caused by our lack of repentance. It also can be caused by our addiction. It was the case of Samson. It is also caused by our unbelief, like the disciple Thomas. It can be caused also by our hypocrisy, like Judas, hypocrite in the group. It can also be caused by lack of integrity. In short, we experience brokenness because we are sinful people. The major cause of brokenness <clears throat> is a sinful nature. The situation in which you live, the choice and decision you make, the way you pursue happiness, the way your relationship is with God, and with your neighbors, the apathy, lifestyle you have, and so on, can hurt or lead to brokenness. We don't need to stay in brokenness. We don't need to live in a broken life. We need to look to get out of brokenness. We need to break the causes of brokenness in our life. 
causes such as pride, hatred, addiction, segregation, envy, adultery, jealousy, and so on, need to be taken away from our lives. But the reality is, you cannot break the causes of brokenness by your own. As you know, you can bath yourself. You can take a shower, but you can't save yourself. You can't take away your sin. It's why we know that we can't take away our brokenness. You need Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. You need Jesus, who takes away the brokenness and gives rest. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit instead of listening to yourself. You need to listen and obey the word of God, the Bible we have. If we do that, it will lead us to be free from brokenness. We can break the causes of brokenness only if we cast away the old nature and become the new creatures, as the Apostle Paul said. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. In 1 Corinthians 5.17, he also said, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and invading each other in Galatians 5, 24 through 26. We need the God of restoration to take away our brokenness. You know, you don't need to stay in brokenness and leave brokenness. There is a way out. Our God is the God of restoration. Despite all of this, in a biblical point of view, we can talk about the beauty of brokenness. Hmm. In daily life, for example, you break something to make something beautiful out of it. This is what happens in technology, in agriculture, in construction, in digestive systems. Something is crashed in the kitchen somewhere in the mouth, in then in the stomach, in order to nourish our body and sustain our physical life. God crushed the life of Jesus so we can have eternal life. That is the beauty of a brokenness, which is difficult for us to understand. God crushed his only son. Jesus taught this during the celebration of the Lord's Supper as uh, 
our brother Matt told us today. Jesus was crushed for our uniqueness. That is why we need Jesus, the only one who comforts, who counsels, who removes confusion, who removes doubt, who decreases bitterness, and leads to total recovery from our spiritual brokenness. He is the way to the restoration. He is the life giver. And the only truth we need, Jesus. Restoration takes place when you demonstrate faith in God of restoration. Restoration also takes place when you confess, seek God's face, and surrender your life to him completely. Our God is the God of restoration. That's why he came down through Jesus. <clears throat> when we were yet broken, when we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. God has come to rescue all of us through the saving works of Christ. No need to worry about brokenness today. No need to stay in your spiritual pain. God has done all. And it has been accomplished through Jesus. Let me give you some illustration. Mary, who was weeping because she did not see the body of Jesus in the tomb. She was there to reveal himself. Jesus was there to, to reveal himself and confront Mary by his calm voice, calling her Mary. And when Jesus called her Mary, her brokenness went away. The two disciples who may be on the run to a village outside Jerusalem, were confused and had a concern about tomorrow. Jesus made his presence with them and released their stress. Mary was discouraged when her brother Lazarus died and did not expect to see him alive again. But Jesus brought Lazarus from death to life to the astonishment of Mary and the whole community. He brought life. He took away stress. He took away brokenness. We are not different from those people. Let us bring our brokenness to Jesus. Let us take it to the cross. That's where our brokenness will go away. As you trust in the God of restoration, you hope for a life free of brokenness. Hope is just a conviction that despite the troubles and all kinds of brokenness, 
God has a brighter future for me. That's hope. Your position in Jesus Christ makes you hope for change and a better life. We read in this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. This is our hope. Where is your hope today? Is it in your money? Is it in your family members? Is it in your parents? Is it in your diploma, your degree? Is it in your job? Where is your hope? The true hope is in Jesus. He is the one who restored the house. He is the one who took away our brokenness. And he is the one pointing us to God, to eternal life, to kingdom. That's the true hope. Listen, the devil always prowls around you like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It's what Peter said. 1 Peter 5, 8. The devil wants you to be troubled. He wants you to have a stress. He wants you to have a broken heart. He wants to be confused. He wants you to lose heart. He wants to live a stressful life. He wants you to feel unwanted. He wants you to feel rejected. That the devil. Don't listen to that voice. You are the son of God restored, delivered from everything, and through Jesus, the Holy Spirit within you, Jesus is greater than the devil. Do not listen to him. It's time to listen to the calm voice of Jesus. It's time to believe in his numerous promises and his constant presence. It's time to forgive and it's time to rejoice in the Lord. It's time to seek God's will through prayers and through his revealed counsel. That is the Bible. When you do that, you live as a person who has been restored. You live in hope. Despite our broken life, God is the God of restoration. When we surrender our life to him, we have hope. When we surrender our life to him, we hope in him for life without pain, without suffering, without death, without segregation, without loneliness. Without oppression, without corruption, without hatred, without rejection feeling, without stress. 
It's only in God, in Jesus, where we find the true light. It starts right now, here, and then going to the perfection when we will be face to face with Jesus. God set an example for his people. When we were yet people of brokenness, Jesus was sent to die on the cross to provide eternal life. That's the example God has set for us. This means our God is the God of mission. He's the one who is ready to go, rescue, redeem, save that God. In the same way, Jesus told his disciples and the Christian believer today, as us today, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, from verse 18 to 20. It's time for God's church, like a cornerstone church, to arise and proclaim the message of restoration and hope to those who long for deliverance. We are called to do this in our Jerusalem here and beyond our Jerusalem. That's why you hear about restoring hope ministry. People in Dungu, in GRC, need the message of restoration and hope. God wants you to be his voices, his feet, and to be on the mission work for him. That's why God has inspired the church leaders to initiate restoring hope ministry. Restoring hope ministry has come to us as a mission God is giving to take the message of restoration and hope to those who need it. This means all of us are invited, all of us are called to take the message of restoration, the message of hope to others. You are saved, you are restored, you live in hope. It's time now to share that message of restoration with people in Congo, in Dungu. As you know, you give away what you have, but you can't give what you do not have. You share with others what you have experienced. If your brokenness is not taken away, if you are not restored, if you do not live in hope to enter God's kingdom, talking about restoring hope ministries, 
as a mission to Dungu, as a mission to, to, to Congo, will disturb your mind. You will not like it to hear about that. Because of what? Because you need the message of restoration yourself. Because you need the message of hope yourself before you hear about restoring hope ministry as any initiative Cornerstone Church will be taking to Congo. Thank God because you are involved. I have seen how you have been involved. Many volunteers have come. And today as we are here, we have our sisters and brothers on the road riding a bike for the cause of restoring hope ministry. Through restoring hope ministry, we are going to take the message of restoration and hope to the broken people in, in Dungu and in Congo. Be happy about that. Be proud about that, but in the Lord. God has given you that. You need to embrace it. You need to accept it. And you need to give yourself and make it possible. This means all of us, to take this message, we need to contribute in many ways. Some will contribute with money, cash. Some will give offering. Some will give their time. Some will give their talent, their skills. Some will travel to the ground. Some will, some will go and see the suffering of those people. We have many ways to do this ministry together. This message is for you and me today. Are you ready to take the message of restoration and hope to others? If you are ready, that's time you can say, say thank God for giving us this mission. Before I finish this sermon, I'm going to read Second Chronicles 7, chapter 7, verse 14. You know this text, I think. It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. From this text, I leave you, I will leave you with four things that need to be done in order to remove brokenness, to be restored, and to have hope. Those four principles are, one, humility. Humility is just recognizing your guiltiness. When you can't recognize your guiltiness, you are not any humble person. And this can be seen in our marriage, in our homes, in our community, at the workplace, wherever we are. Let us be people of humility because our brokenness has been taken away. Second, prayer. That is, prayer is just the act of humility also. 
through prayer, we cast our cares on the God of restoration and hope for answers. When we pray, we declare our lowliness and we proclaim the glory, the power of God. We demonstrate that, God, we can't, we need you, we need you. That's the meaning of a prayer. The third thing, seeking God's face. Seek to enter in fellowship with God. Wait upon the Lord and walk with him. That's the third principle. The last one is repentance. That is about renewing our mind. Renewing our mind as it is said in Romans 12, verse 2. So Jesus is greater than your brokenness. All must start with having faith in Jesus for a total restoration and for hope. He alone has the power to take away any kind of brokenness. He is the fountain of restoration and hope. Take your brokenness to Jesus. Allow him to restore your life. And when he restores your life, live in hope in him. As you do that, accept the mission he has given you. You also Take this message to others. May God help us to understand the message of restoration, brokenness, and hope. Let's pray.